Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Daily Wildcat Hoops Podcast. I'm Ryan Wall. I'm here alongside Aiden Alperstein. How are you today, Aiden? I'm doing well. Appreciate you having me on today. Yeah, of course. Let's just hop right into a busy, busy week. Um, the last week it was. Um, Arizona went 2-1, and one, and we'll just start it off with a uh, game last night. Um, you know, on ESPN, they beat USC by 20 points, 91-70. to 70. One uh, USC was 16. Arizona, as we know, is number two in the country, and it clinched Arizona's first regular season Pac-12 championship since 2018. Uh, what did you think about last night's performance? I thought they were dialed in from the start. There was a different sense of urgency that we had not really seen all year from this team. They seemed a lot more hungry. They were in the passing lanes. They were getting out and transitioned early. Overall, I just think energy was a difference maker from the beginning. Yeah, I, for, to see a team you know that lost by 16 points in Boulder, we'll get into that a little bit more um, in a few minutes, but um, they just had no energy in Boulder. And then to come back a f- just a few days later, um, you know, two days off, that, that was just great to see. I mean, everybody was just hitting shots. And uh, I'll start off about just talking about the three-point shooting, how big that was. They made seven in the first half, and – you know, Matherin and uh, Kerr combined for seven uh, three-pointers in the game. Um, wh- what did you think about the, their uh, their performance and their shooting from deep? The shot-making was off the charts, and you got to credit Kreza and just the ability to get out and go. A lot of the threes weren't necessarily in the half court. Majority coming in transition. Uh, Matherin had plenty off the wing. Kreza used a couple ball fakes to get some of his. He had one in the corner and then one on the wing to start off. But overall, it's just the ability to get out and space the floor. And I, the speed, the tempo, the team plays at a crazy pace. So USC, they came out. They're a great team nonetheless. They just did not they – didn't, they didn't have it. And being able to start in from the first half to end the second half on the same note, shots are going to fall. There's going to be open shots when you can play at that pace for a full 40 minutes. Yeah, I, I thought that – even more that something that stood out to me even more than making the shots was just the confidence with taking the shots you know from Matherin and Creesa we've seen you know throughout the past you know month month and a half they've cooled off in certain games when they they didn't look to be you know too confident after struggling we know Kerr went through about a 10 game stretch where he was really struggling from deep but I mean this these last two games have been huge from him. He's been eleven for twenty from three, um, and it's just great to see him hitting his hitting um, these big shots and bringing this team, you know, to the pinnacle of what they can be. I think last night was really as good. A, I know you know not everyone played great. Tabellus, um, he only had six points. He only shot five times. He wasn't great, but you know this is as good as you're going to get from this Arizona team. You know, they shot the ball very well, 55% from the field and 48 from deep. I mean, only eight turnovers, no, seven turnovers in the game, I bet. Um, that, that's, you're not going to see that a lot. So do you think um, that, that how do you compare this performance to, you know, other great performances they've had in the past this season? And do you think they can, um, if they're playing this well, like how unstoppable do you think this team could be? It's definitely something to take note of at times coming down the stretch of a season. You see teams starting to wind down, and most certainly could say that with this team. We had a hot start from the beginning, and then we had a 
few bad games. I wouldn't say the Oregon game. We played particularly well except for Matherin and Kreisa. But other than that, the bigs, the bigs haven't shown up in a while. I mean, we, we can say that because that's factual. And Utah, they played okay. Utah's not much of a test. But Colorado, they didn't show up. Last night, they didn't show up. But it, the the difference maker really is Kirk Kreisa getting confident and Matherin starting to really take over and show why he's going to be a lottery pick. I have really been concerned with Christian Coloco. He has not looked comfortable in the past three, four games, just getting pushed around in the paint, and he just doesn't seem like he has energy. Yeah, and more than that, I mean, probably, I mean, to me, closer to 10 games where he hasn't looked like, because, you know, throughout the first, you know, 15 or so games, I mean, you know, I, I was, I'll admit it, I was a doubter. Early on, you know, throughout the first year and a half, two years of Christian Coloco, it just, you know, at a certain point, it's like the player needs to develop. You can only say they're so young for so long and, you know, they have all the intangibles, but you got to put it together at some point. And it just wasn't happening. It seemed like it was throughout the first, um, you know, half, three quarters of this season. But, I mean, he kind of has gotten back to that place of where he was the first two seasons and I Aiden I think that's a big a big reason why is Arizona needs to make it you know a priority to get him the ball you know a, a few times within the offense because that's when he can excel and it, it's just like anybody it's like when Dalen Terry takes 10 or more shots from the field a game he score he's scoring you know at least 12 to 15 or more points uh, and that's when he's playing his best basketball. Same thing with Coloco. Coloco, when he when he's taking you know about five shots, he's not doing well. I I really think it's just about that. Um, I think he needs to be more aggressive in this tournament. You know, uh, Pac-12 tournament we'll get into in a few minutes, and the March Madness one because I really think he could be a big difference maker for this team, kind of like Dalen Terry, where you know they don't score the most, but they can do other things to help affect the game, like defense. Um, and, and rebounding for both of them. I mean, do, do you think that uh, from what you've seen, you think Coloco can maybe bounce back and when they head to Vegas in the next week that he can get things going again? He can most certainly bounce back, but another thing that I would like to uh, add is the fact on the defensive end, he was, he's was he been getting pushed around in the paint to undersized bigs. I mean, Enfali, the organs and Enfali Dante – he made him look like a freshman uh, coming off the bench. Omar, uh, Bonbalo came in. He was a lot more energized. Seemed like he was ready to play. Or uh, Against Boulder, Evan Batty, he pushed him around too. And Coloco is a lot bigger than him. They're two different types of bigs. He's a lot more athletic. But, yes, he deserves more touches on the offensive end. But at the same time, defensively, he hasn't gotten the job done there either. Yeah, I mean, in the game against Colorado, I mean, the whole team really just played poorly. You know, I mean, Coloco had five rebounds, one block. I mean, if he's doing that, and he had four fouls, he's getting in foul trouble as of late, which that doesn't help anybody. And it's if he can't excel on the defensive end of the you know of the floor and with the rebounding, I mean, he's he's really not not that helpful out there. So I really think that. He needs to, you know, hit his stride in the coming weeks for this team to go on a run. Um, but I wanted to, um, like, I've been thinking about it all season, and I'll just ask you is, what's the real Arizona? Is it maybe what we saw against USC? 
Um, or, or is it what we saw, you know, maybe against Utah where they were, they were good, but not everything was clicking um, in the right places. So are they in between that or are they what we saw against USC? What do you think we'll see, you know, more of the time than not? It really comes down to Kirk Risa. At the end of the day, this team will go as far as he wants to take us. We don't really have a true ball-dominant pass-first point guard. And when he's making shots, he energizes the whole team. And if you look at past recent games from the beginning of the season, when he's not playing well, this team isn't playing well. And it's tough to say that because usually that decision comes down to your best player and you would say, oh, when Ben's playing well, this team plays well. If he's not playing well, we're not playing well. But starting with Carissa, it really comes down to him. And if he can dial in, which he has been the past five games, ever since ASU, he started to break that streak and really slowly become a better version of himself. But at the end of the day, it comes down to him slowing the ball down and working on a shot selection, not taking 30-footers from the rim, which he can make, but at times he can get in a habit of doing too much so i think this team will really go as far as he takes us yeah i uh i mean i uh that's tough for me i think he's a huge part of the team because he is but i don't think because we've seen you know many games where you know mather and tabellus they've went off and they've won you know and, and crease was still struggling and they won so i i'm gonna say this i think they're the top three scorers in the team. You know, it's not a, a question. It's Tabellus, it's Matherin, and Creasa in no order. Those three players, I think Arizona needs to have two out of those three, have 15 or more. And if they have that, I mean, they'll be tough to beat, you know, because even if two of them, because last night two out of the three played well, um, you know, Tabellus had a down game. And then, you know, you got the bonus from Terry and then, you know, Balo and Kyer off the bench have been, you know, fantastic over the last month or so. So I, I really think that we they need to Arizona needs to find two of those guys to go off each night, and that they could be hard to beat. And also to add, limiting the open court turnovers was something that had been a struggle or a liability with this team per se. And last night, ball security was definitely in our favor, which helped as the scoreboard reflected. Yeah, Arizona, um, moving on, Arizona has two games still. Uh, Thursday night, um, tomorrow, they play Stanford, and then they finish up at uh, you know an afternoon game on Saturday against Cal. Um, and that's, that's it for the regular season. And then next week, the Pac-12 tournament starts on Wednesday. Arizona has now locked in the one seed. They'll get a bye. They won't play till Thursday afternoon um to open up that they'll have to win two games to get to the pac-12 um championship in that in that tournament um but what are your i mean these next two games should be easier stanford and cal but you can't let your foot off the gas as we know throughout college basketball we saw on saturday there was top six teams they all lost so anything could happen um down the stretch but what are your expectations throughout you know the final few days of the regular season and then moving forward into the Pac-12 you know, tournament next week. I don't anticipate any of these matchups for the rest of the regular season to give us any trouble. Talent is talent. and Stanford has some, some young talent within Harrison Ingram and uh, Spencer Jones, I believe is his name. But fast forward to next week, likely going to play either Stanford or ASU is what 
the field's looking like right now. And clinching the one seed does put USC and UCLA on the other side of that bracket. So it really just comes down to sticking to their identity and playing good basketball. I think they are the most talented team in the Pac-12, but March Madness starts it starts tomorrow or whenever whenever it really starts it started yesterday was march 1st so it really just comes down to sticking to their identity yeah and we saw last year you know colorado they were an underdog coming into it and you know or not not colorado my bad oregon state um and they won the pac-12 last year they made a run in the tournament as well so yeah anything can happen i think i i think it's going to be a tough test. People say the Pac-12 is bad, but it's really not. I mean, Arizona, if they see ASU, you know, we we, we saw two games against ASU this year. They they both they gave Arizona trouble in both games. Tough games. The second one, you know, in the second half, cut ugly. But you know, the first half was was still competitive. So yeah, I really think that it, it's going to be a tough. It, it's going to be tough to win the tournament. I think they have everything it takes to win. The Pac-12 tournament, but you know if they're going to have to go through ASU, maybe um, UCLA. I mean, I think UCLA. I'm just going to say now, I think they're the biggest sleeper, not only in the Pac-12 tournament, but the March Madness tournament. I've liked them dating back to last year. They have they brought back the same guys, added a few pieces, really good guys. Um, and I think when they're at full strength, they they can compete with anyone. How, what do you think could happen between maybe a possible? you know, trilogy matchup with, with UCLA. I I expect the Bruins to come out from the second half or other side of the bracket. They haven't they haven't had the full team together all season long. They started with the COVID pause which lasted about three weeks to a month. And then the Mac ETN scandal at here affected the whole team. Then Tiger Campbell got suspended for a game. Ju Zhang entered the COVID protocol. Jules Bernard missed a game or two here and there towards the back end of the season. They haven't been they haven't been fully healthy and all together since the beginning of November. So when the pieces are all together, as you said, I, I honestly do think they are better than Arizona when fully healthy. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've I've thought that from the very beginning of the season, and I still I still think that if they're you know because even when they beat Arizona, they still weren't great that whole game they had a great first half struggled in the second so i mean if they're if they're playing could somehow get to that level like they did in the final four you know on their run last year i mean i i don't i don't think arizona can stop them i've stood by that and you know i, I hope arizona you, you know could compete but i kind of feel that all the hypes you know shifted towards arizona in this last month or so you know because going into that second match with ucla ucla was ranked ahead of arizona after beating them the week prior and then arizona won um and, and you know went on a nine game winning streak before losing to colorado that i've really i think it's good but i also you know caught well, you, you said it march madness is about upsets it's about underdogs and you know it's about stories and I, I think Arizona could struggle. But then again, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if Arizona doesn't win the Pac-12 tournament. What, what do you think about that? You're, you're spot on right there. Rarely you see a team win their conference championship and then go on to win the national championship. It'll give them a couple more days of rest. By no means am I hoping they lose, but at the end of the day, it's it's hard. You're playing the same teams two, mostly three times in a season, and you start to get each other's numbers. You start to know what they run, and 
coaches are challenged with mixing up their game plans and trying to run sets in a different manner. It really it's it's going to be a great experience as we'll both be there, but at the end of the day, you got to realize the season's not going to be over as long as I do anticipate as long as Arizona wins these uh, two games this week and then makes it to the championship, which will likely have to beat ASU or Stanford and then Colorado or Oregon, which I don't anticipate any trouble. But as long as they get to the championship and if they lose, I still feel like they do deserve a one seed. Not if they lose. If they lose in the championship round. They make it there and win out the next four or five games. If they if they don't if they lose the Pac-12 championship, you think they're going to get the one seed? Definitely. I don't think so. I think somebody I think somebody will leapfrog because we even saw that you know Wisconsin they were ranked ten this going into this week and if they win the Big Ten championship, they're one hundred percent going to get a one seed. The Big Ten is really good, way better than Arizona. Um, and yeah, I'm not saying the Pac-12s bad but i mean because people have even been talking about you know have been you know saying oh arizona hasn't played anyone least amount of quad one wins at any you know one seed and why they shouldn't get the one seed already so i'm just saying from what it seems like that if arizona loses i i just i'd be shocked but but then again like i just said i feel the same way with that i i think getting a two seed is great you look at where you came from unranked to a two seed is is pretty incredible and, and everything that in the last four years since they've been in the tournament, I mean, with all the allegations and everything, to finally get here and be a two-seed is pretty incredible. What do you think about that? As long as they're in, I, I never really thought seedings meant too much. This whole tournament and college basketball this year is all matchup oriented. There really is no favorite team. Yeah, and I feel like this year especially – there's literally been the most like number one, you know, seat or overall, you know, number one in the AP poll changes I've seen, and, and just the top ten. I feel like the top ten just has switched around so much this entire year, and you know, it, it just shows that this year is open for anybody to win, and it's really going to be interesting to watch down the stretch here. I agree. I I really I really don't want to play. Oregon uh, Dana Altman team in March is not not really a a safe a safe bet per se. Yeah, I actually, um, I mean that that game was that was a tough game too that they pulled out here in Macal um, over a week ago. But yeah, I I think that it's been good. I think the team looks great now. But I mean, even like you said, even if they would slip up in the championship or the Pac-12 tournament. Couldn't it wouldn't be the worst thing, you know. It seems like the guys can regroup quickly as they showed, and you know, then they wouldn't have as much pressure. I've always thought that you know teams don't have much pressure. They some people say the most dangerous team person is you know when they have nothing to lose, and you know that's technically what happens when you're not a one seed. Is you know some teams just have feel good stories. But uh, Aiden, anything else you wanted to add before we? Um, before we close the show here today? I'm really looking forward to the end of the year. I think this is when you really find a team's identity and experience. That's the one thing I do worry about is true postseason experience with this team, unlike a veteran Villanova team or a Gonzaga team. We don't really necessarily have someone who's been in this situation, Justin Kyer, six-year guy, 
he went was at George Mason in Georgia, and he's the only one that's been on a program for quite some time. And even so, with him, he's not had postseason experience. So that's the one thing I do worry about coming down the stretch. How are they going to settle in? And it's really going to have to start with. Uh, I really think it starts with Creasa. Yeah, and I don't think enough good things can be said about this team, especially as most of the guys are from Sean Miller, recruited by Miller, um, and just how far they've come. You know, there's not one, you know, there's not one five-star player, you know, on this in this eight-man rotation. There's not one. A lot of the guys were were low, um, were, were low um, ranked recruits, and you know, have really developed into great players. But yeah, I can't wait to get um in the next week or so we'll be in vegas there for the pac-12 tournament and then we'll see where you know arizona goes from there but you know everyone be sure to follow us on twitter at wildcat hoops at wildcat sports for all of aiden and i's coverage um in vegas for the pac-12 tournament and be sure to um be on the lookout for another episode here after the pac-12 tournament thanks everybody for tuning in